Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here again with our guest mentor, Ellie, and, and we thought we'd ha- do something a little bit different where we wanted to combine a few topics together and uh, chunk them up into little kind of uh, mini-sodes is what we're calling them. So we wanted to be under the broader topic of kind of the, the odyssey. So for the folks that uh, are aware, they've started adding some new life stages <laughs> in be- after um, kind of childhood, teenage years, and before you get to the adults stage, they, they've added this, this ad- odyssey type um, uh, time stage where a, a lot of people are, are figuring things out. And we thought we'd get into three major topics. We'd get into uh, learning how to self-advocate. We talked to, we we're going to get into dealing with um, adversity. And the last one is, is just uh, adulting, right, in, in general. So we thought we'd kind of break it down into those uh, three topics. So I'm, I'm excited to have uh, Ellie here to, to chat about all three topics. So why don't we just get into uh, learning how to self-advocate. Uh, advocate. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about what that even means uh, and, and why is that important? Thanks, Luki. So when we were putting together these topics, I was trying to think about what themes would make a lot of sense and really resonate with especially young people, folks who are, you know, finding their way through the world. And one of the things that came to me was self-advocacy, which in a nutshell means standing up for yourself and acting in a way that aligns with your values. Um, A really easy way to think about self-advocacy is You know, when you're younger and your mom makes all your appointments for you at the dentist. And then when you get older, you need to make your own appointments at the dentist. Mm -hmm. But it's not only that, like you need to start, you know, acting in a way that your parents aren't going to help you hold your hand through every step of life. And you need to do things that are hard, like saying no to people or Mm -hmm. asking people for things that is kind of uncomfortable to ask for. So self-advocacy is, you know, acting on your own behalf with your best interest in mind. And we all need to learn and practice how to do that. Yeah, I guess when you're growing up as a kid, uh, standing up for yourself is more like standing up to bullies, right? that sort of thing in the playground, uh, when things are people are picking on you. But self advocacy is something that uh, throughout life, uh, as you grow up, as you enter the working world, and as you uh, be- become a- an adult, you need to uh, learn to uh, do things on your own, uh, as you said, booking your own dentist appointments and things like that um, is definitely one thing where uh, hopefully you're not calling uh, mom and dad in order to do that all the time. Uh, but it also uh, has a lot of application in, in the working world where, where things like um, asking for a raise, negotiating salary, and, and then uh, to your point about um, saying no, right? It's understanding boundaries where uh, if, if your boss is piling along a, a whole bunch of uh, work and, and different activities, different tasks onto your plate, well, can you say no is, is, a, is a good question. So how was your experience in, in kind of self-advocacy? So what was kind of the uh, experience that you had in, in maybe university and then transitioning into the, the working world? What were some of the things that uh, really stood out to you as kind of, oh, I need to do this on my own? Yeah, great question. In university, I would find that people often needed things from me and I had my first forays into self-advocacy when I needed to start saying no to people. Mm. Um, For example, if I, you know, if I had, I I worked out at the gym a lot and folks would ask me for free like training in the gym. 
Okay. And being a full-time university student, I I don't have time to do that. Hmm. And I certainly don't have time to do that for free. Hmm. And so it was uncomfortable for me to advocate for myself and say, look, I, I I totally support you and you know your fitness endeavors, but I don't have time on my plate uh, to take on you know personal training for you. As I got older, um, it's also tricky because in your professional job, you get paid to work in a team and people rely on you, but you still need to advocate for yourself in order to do your best work that's aligned with your actual responsibilities in the job. So what I mean by that is that in a corporate culture, um, sometimes folks will, you know, ask things of you that you just simply don't have time to take on. Mm -hmm. um, And that's okay. And so the whole point of self-advocacy is to reflect on what your goals are, what's most important to you, or most important to, you know, the job that you're trying to do at hand, and acting in a way that aligns with that. So that could be saying to your colleague, I'm really sorry, I can't help you with that this week. But let me refer you to somebody who might have the answers that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So, yeah, and I find that working with your colleague is a little bit easier because they're kind of peers and, and they're kind of at the same level where you can kind of uh, punt it off and, and, and maybe defer it to next week. What about when it's your, your boss and uh, someone from uh, at a more senior level is asking you to do something? Do you have any, any thoughts or, or techniques on, on, on what you've learned over the years to uh, kind of uh, put those boundaries and, and say that, that no without saying no? <laughs> Yeah, as a young person, it's very difficult. There's a lot of pressure, um, cultural workplace pressure to defer to people who have more experience or people who have a different title, like a manager. It might be scary to say no to a manager. And so in terms of my tips, I would say, have a strong understanding of your own goals. For example, I can't say no to somebody who's asking me to do stuff if I don't even know what's on my plate. Mm -hmm. If I know that I have a project, for example, that's highest priority, and I I need to spend, you know, my focus time to work on that. That gives me a legitimate excuse to say, I'm really sorry, but I need to focus on XYZ priority. I can't help you with your task right now. So self-advocacy starts with understanding your own goals and what's most important to you in order to give other people a response, either yes, I can help you or no, I can't. And also about learning how to not just say flat out no, but give them an alternative, either referring them to somebody, referring them to a resource, or potentially scheduling something with them at a later point in time when you're less busy. Yeah, for sure. That was a lesson that I had to learn early on. And one of the techniques that uh, someone had had taught me was uh, similar to what you mentioned, where uh, well, if you know exactly what work that you have to do, yeah, uh, and your boss comes in and says, "Okay, I need you to to uh, drop all things and and work on this project," well, that that's one thing. Um, but the other part is when you know what you have to do, you can basically say, "Okay, I have these four other things that I need to do. Uh, are you okay if uh, I do them later?" Right? Uh, and if it's from another partner, another manager, another whatever, then you can have the same discussion. Would you? Uh, be able to talk to this manager, this person, uh, and let them know that your uh, task is, is taking priority and, and their work will be delivered later, right? And then once in a while, we have the, the the situation where, well, they all need to get done at the same time and they're all asking you to kind of 
buckle down and work a little bit of uh, overtime and extra hours. And sometimes that, that happens. But if that's a chronic thing, then you just want to watch out in terms of the work environment. because That's not uh, a place where you can necessarily be sustainably uh, working that much. And uh, you, you might um, be victim to, to burnout later on. So just be aware right. of those things. But I think that's definitely important. Uh, so what about not just not just about checking in with other people, but checking in with yourself is for what sure. you're saying. Yeah, for, for yourself and, and to your point about knowing uh, what, what's out there and then really giving them an offer to say, okay, I have all these things to do. It all needs to get done. And you have different kind of managers and people con uh, controlling kind of your workload. Well, you can you can ask them and, and, and reach out uh, and fight amongst themselves, so to speak, <laughs> in terms of who gets you as, as, a, as a resource in order to do the work. Um, yeah. One of the things that 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 I found challenging, uh, kind of moving up the the, the ranks, was uh, voicing my opinion. Right, so you're you're kind of the low person on the totem pole, so to speak, the the, the newbie that's joining, and a whole bunch of senior, a more uh, expert uh, opinions are in the room. How do you uh, voice your your opinion, voice your thoughts, and and uh, your your insights into into a meeting when uh, there's a whole bunch of smarter people, more experienced, more senior people than you. That's scary, isn't it? It's terrifying, mm -hmm. um, the fear of being judged. You can start small. If it freaks you out way too much to ask a question in a room of 30 people, can you start to bring up your opinions in a group of three? Mm -hmm. Try to start small and build it up from there. It's like a muscle. You have to flex it in practice. Yeah, I found uh, a couple of techniques that helped. Is is one, when, when you start a meeting, always have... Uh, the intent to say something in the meeting, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just picking out uh, what someone said and just echoing it and, and phrasing it again. So, oh, uh, I just want to confirm that uh, you meant blah, 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 just restating that. So it kind of gets you into that muscle of, of, of speaking out at, at, uh, to begin with. Uh, and then when you have to actually put in uh, an opinion or a different perspective, the way that I encourage folks to, to think about it is from the uh, perspective of curiosity. Right. So instead of just saying that's outright no and that's wrong, right? Well, could you clarify a little bit more about this? Because my understanding is something else and different. And when you approach it from a, a perspective of curiosity, it often goes a, a little bit better because sometimes they have different information. Uh, sometimes they have more information. And with that information, you might actually make the same decision as they did. But because mm -hmm. you're limited to whatever you have, then then it, 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 you have a different opinion. So those are a couple of things which I found helpful in order to kind of voice your opinions in, in some uh, in a more senior room. Yeah, and I'll just add one quick point to that, which is the juniors in a company often have more experience doing certain things, like, mm -hmm. for example, a certain type of technical thing. And that's very valuable to seniors. Um, so as a junior, you can use that experience. For example, like in my work, I've been able to use experiences that I've had working on other projects bring it to the table for the current project and say to the manager, hey, um, this is how I did this for this other project. Do you think that could work today? Mm -hmm. And more often than not, they'll consider it and go, oh, hey, it's a good idea. I, I didn't know that you had that experience. And so offering to be helpful is always appreciated. Yeah, I think that's a lot of useful tips from the professional sphere. I'd, I'd love to kind of get your insights in terms of that more personal one where you had that friend that was asking you to, to work out and, and uh, can you do that? for free, what are some of the kind of um, tips and tricks that you can have uh, in order to help uh, put them down on, on the lighter side <laughs> so they don't feel bad uh, in, in terms of you, you, you not uh, taking on that additional work? 
yeah, a soft letdown is to reiterate what my own priorities are. So not saying that I'm not, I'm not going to hang out with you because I don't like you. It's not about that, but it's just, you know, I'm sorry, I can't take this on because I only have so little time to do, you know, my own things in the gym um, and then redirecting them. So instead of saying, you know, I can't help you and I won't help you like good luck then to say, Hey, here's some resources for you. That might be helpful. Um, here's a really helpful YouTube channel or something like that, or here's another person you should speak to. I know I'm speaking about an example about personal training, but the same could apply to something like tutoring mm -hmm. or any other skill that you want, that somebody is like asking you for some sort of coaching. Um, the same applies for that. Yeah. And I think that that's one where you want to be accept accepted by your friend group for sure. Um, one of the things that seems like a strange example to come to mind is, is sometimes in university, people want to uh, copy your notes, copy your work, that sort of thing. How do you let them down in, in that regard? Or have you come up with any uh, interesting strategies to help you in those areas? You need to set a personal boundary that aligns with your own goals. For myself, um, if somebody were to ask to, you know, copy all of my assignment, for example, then I would just say, sorry, that's not what I give out. I don't give away that information. And again, like you need to know where your own line in the sand is to be able to tell other people no. So it's nothing about, I don't like you. I won't help you. A softer response is always, sorry, I can't do that because that's not aligned with my priorities. For sure. And it takes practice. It really takes practice. It's awkward. It's hard, especially for younger folks. I recognize that so much, um, but it will help so much in your personal life if you start to flex this muscle when you're earlier on in your professional life. Yeah, and one additional uh, note on that is to make it about them as well, right? To say, you know what, uh, if you do this, then you're not going to be learning and you're not gonna be getting the, the education and then you're gonna have to keep doing this for the rest of your career. And then when you get out into the workforce, what do you think is gonna happen? So if you kind of play that out and help them to understand that it's for their own good for them to be doing the assignment, then uh, it, it often helps. But uh, as you said, it's not necessarily an easy discussion, but uh, sometimes the discussion that needs to be had. Um, so I think that's a lot of useful information about self-advocacy and hopefully folks are able to take some of these tips and tricks and apply it to their own. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.